Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, it is Wednesday, which means there is a matinee today, depending on what show you're seeing at 1, 2, 3 o'clock. However, if you are going to the show, just be forewarned that FEMA is planning on conducting a nationwide test of the emergency alert system and the wireless emergency alert system today at 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you are going to the theater, either make sure that your phone is completely off or head over to the show notes at Broadway World put together an explanation on how to turn off those alerts altogether. Chances are it's just going to be easier to turn your phone off completely if you go to see a show. But I actually went to a concert, a Mandy Patinkin concert earlier this year when like... Some sort of weather thing went off and everybody's phone in the audience went off. A concert's a little different than a show, so just make sure that you're taking care of that. Um, And also, real quick before we jump into the news, I want to send out a congratulations to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Grace, they raised a record-breaking $1,237,179 at the Broadway Flea Market and Grand Auction. As James texted you and me about... At least half of that was on photos of one F. Michael Haney, I'm sure. I'm fully convinced that the Jasper and Deadland hoodie and (laughs) the Olaf uh, life-size portrait was what put it over. And then me purchasing the Sugar Babies original poster. Um, So I I think this is magnificent. Uh, I saw more playbills than I've ever seen at the Broadway Flea. I think a lot of people were kind of like giving over their beautiful vintage uh, playbills for their new ones. And so I I genuinely saw more people here than I've ever seen in my life, like at the start of it, which made me a little sad because that's usually when I like to do my perusing right at the start time. And it was just so well attended. So congratulations to them. And I hope this continues on. Listen, I'd love to have two fleas a year. I want flea to coincide with, you know, other conferences that go along with um, other Broadway things, if you know what I'm saying. Um, Because I think that when people, even conventions, conventions, one could say. Conventions, Um, even. But yeah, I think that when people are in town, they are really excited to go thrift shopping. And at the end of the day, they know that the money is going to an incredible charity. So the more we're able to do that, the better. Absolutely. All right. We are recording a little bit late tonight because on Tuesday, the original Broadway production of Yaya's African Hair Braiding officially opened at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater, thanks to the Manhattan Theater Club. The show was originally commissioned by the Williamstown Theater Festival, and it is by writer Jocelyn Bio, making her Broadway playwriting debut despite being an incredibly important figure in New York theater for many, many years. It is directed by Whitney White. It is currently scheduled to run through November 5th. We think, because we've talked about this before, that even though it's had a couple of extensions, there might be a little bit of wiggle room for maybe one more before Prayers for the French Republic comes into the Freedmen later on in uh, in December. But we will have to wait and see about that. Grace, we do not yet have the complete review roundup from Did They Like It? They are still uh, apparently doing all of the calculations. But as of now, we have all of the major ones and at least the ones that I want to talk about. And every single one of them thus far has been positive. Let's start with the New York Times review from Jesse Green, who did make it a critic's pick. Normally, I read a lot from the New York Times because it's the paper of record and the one that matters. But 
my favorite critic is writing again, so I'm going to abbreviate the one from the gray lady and get to her review uh, a little bit more in depth. But Green said, quote, in the pale and staid Samuel J. Friedman theater, a fuchsia drop depicting dozens of elaborately woven hairstyles, micro braids, cornrows, kinky twists, and more, tells you, along with the bouncy Afropop music, to prepare for laughter. That will come in abundance, but don't in the meantime ignore Yaya's storefront gray and grimy and contradicting the pink with its roll-up grill fully locked down it tells you something too what that is bo does not reveal until quite late almost too late for the good of this otherwise riotously funny workplace comedy set in pre-pandemic mid-trump harlem a kind of cheers or steel magnolias for today Yaya's is so successful at selling the upbeat pluck and sharp-tongued sisterhood of its West African immigrants that the hasty dramatization of their collateral sacrifice feels a bit like a spinach dessert. He goes on to talk a little bit more about the plot, which I don't want to ruin a, a ton. But if you're unfamiliar with how the show is set up, which I wasn't, I was until I read the reviews, Grace, and you have not seen this yet, correct? I haven't. I'm so I'm so excited to see it. But continue. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of set up with like six different scenes and they go through the lives of everybody in there and there are people who come in from the neighborhood and and all of that stuff. So it's set up very much like a traditional comedy that has a little bit of heft that comes in towards the end of the 80 minute run. But. I could not be happier that Sarah Holdren is back reviewing shows for Vulture and she said, quote, at Jocelyn Bio's Yaya's African Hair Braiding, which follows a day in the life of braiders and customers at the eponymous fictional shop in Harlem, waves of glee roll through the audience on the regular. People are cackling, downright screaming with delight. The man and the couple next to me kept covering his face as he cracked up, shaking his head and repeating to his girlfriend, I can't. Bio is a muscular, funny writer, and Yaya's, especially once it gets going, is a very funny show. But it's not just that. The screams, the cheers, the I can'ts, they're about recognition. A certain tone of voice from one of the braiders. A certain way of clicking a tongue or raising an eyebrow. The reveal of a particular hairstyle after a character has spent ages, well, theatrical ages, in one of the chairs. Or the entrance of that guy selling socks played with gusto along with several other archetypal characters to the shop by Michael Oliede. They're joyful because they're specific, because they're sharply and affectionately observed. Especially in a big theater off Times Square, there's something exhilarating about listening to people snap and holler and cheer, not because they're seeing someone famous, but because they're seeing someone they know. The review goes on to compliment the performances and, and the writing and the direction. So a, a very well-rounded thumbs up from Sarah Holdren. And I'll wrap up these reviews by quoting Emmeline Travis, who wrote for Entertainment Weekly. The Gahananian American playwright, B.O., of course, and director Whitney White have teamed up with executive producers Taraji P. Henson and LaChance to paint a brilliant, emotive portrait of a seemingly simple day in the life of the sedulous West African women working at its titular Central Harlem hair braiding shop. As their day progresses, theatergoers will uncover a powerful tale about joy, dreams, societal and familial expectations, community, politics, loss, and sisterhood. Grace, this sounds so much like what we have talked about loving shows recently, whether that was Ain't No Mo or Fat Ham, that they are putting 
characters and therefore audience members who don't often get the focus of Broadway shows at the center. And they are doing it with a way of not only communicating emotions in the trials and tribulations of those people, but also letting them celebrate joyfully, which has so often not been the case in theater when we were talking about whether in this case it is black immigrants or or any type of marginalized group, but to let them just be happy, joyful people on stage in front of audiences is really special. And there is more to the show than just that, obviously, but I think that's really special. And that's something that Holdren's review really, really focuses on. Yeah, we talk a lot about like, you know, poverty plays and how like it seems that storylines that have to deal with people of color are always like, well, gosh, like we really need to like focus on the, the, and there's a lot of merit there, but also it's the same reason why I wanted to celebrate K-pop so much was that like, it cannot be just allegiance or Miss Saigon as like these hallmark upsetting, traumatizing Asian musical stories. I think that we're looking for these in in plays. And I think that that's why people love Jocelyn's work so much. It's part of it, at least, that she's so incredible at storytelling, but also showcasing like the multifaceted ways that we can tell stories through like a, a Black lens. And I think that like, I'm I'm for one very excited for the future of all of this. I know that she's got like other musical opportunities in the works as well. So it's just really cool. And I I genuinely cannot wait to see this one. Have those musical opportunities been announced? Because I don't think I know what that is. Yeah, I thought that she wrote. Didn't she write Goddess? They had an out of town tryout. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, I did with Amber Amon over in California. Yeah. And I'd heard incredible things about that one. So that's true. I completely forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I, and I do think that is planning on trying to come to New York, but I have not heard much about it since then. So yeah, good point. Uh, all right, let's go on to the news. And we're actually going to talk about another show planning to come to New York. It's actually going to be in New York from November 2nd and 3rd for a workshop presentation. And this is a new Stephen Schwartz written Queen of Versailles musical that we've talked about before. We already know that Kristen Chenoweth is playing Jacqueline Siegel, the main character from this iconic 2012 documentary about the socialite and TV personality. Well, we've gotten a few more people that are joining this production. And of course, we didn't know about the, the workshop, but joining Cheno will be legendary stage and screen star and perhaps problematic uh, jerk at times. F. Murray Abraham. Also in the cast will be Here Lies Love's Melody Boutiou and Kimberly Akimbo's Nina White. No other details about that have been announced in terms of the cast, but we do know that Seaview, which is a theater and film production company, one of the best production companies doing work on Broadway, has signed on to the producing team. That's really all we know at this point. Grace, if I remember correctly, you do know this documentary fairly well, right? I know it very well. I would die to work on this. Like, I, okay. I'm i very eager. Um, I do have another friend who has not been announced that is also a part of this production. So be on the lookout oh. for that full cast list. Maybe a former person who's been on Broadway radio before. But oh. I think that I'm genuinely excited. I think that also just like putting it out there, when when you're negotiating and, and this is not insight tea, like I mean, this is not for the Patreon, like this is literally, but like a lot of people have chosen this piece over other projects that are very much slated to come immediately to Broadway. And I think that like the hype around it is really great. It the fact that it's a new Steven Schwartz piece, the fact that it's based on 
a really bizarre IP. Like this is not like how to dance in Ohio where you're like, wow, the documentary, it won a Peabody, like all these things. Like this is wild. This streams on discovery plus. Like this is not a prestige thing. I think it's this woman owns many birds. You guys like I need (laughs) you all to watch it, but I'm I'm very fascinated. And also Nina White is a freaking star and hilarious in Kimberly Akimbo. So this is going to be cool. Yeah. Nina White, if you aren't familiar with her, she is. I don't remember the character's name. She's one of the four high schoolers that is part of the uh, like the show choir group. Um, And she's very, very good in that. So excited about that. This is the type of thing, Grace, we've talked about where like you look at it and you're like, who needs this? And then you rightly remind me that like most most great musicals are born of things that you think shouldn't work as musicals. So uh, very excited to see what happens with this one. All right. Next up, another pretty big Broadway story that we found out on Tuesday, just a couple months, weeks after his real life partner, Ivan Obelzada, departed Hadestown. Reeve Carney has also set his final performance in the Tony winning musical. He will give up the red bandana of Orpheus when he plays his final performance at the Walter Kerr Theater on November 19th. The... Next, Orpheus has not been announced as of yet, but I'm sure that will happen uh, fairly quickly. I do wonder, Grace, they replaced Eva with a very well-known theatrical star in Solea Pfeiffer. Do they go that same route with Orpheus or do they go with somebody who's been with the production or has been on tour or in Unknown? I, I do wonder how they cast this because... You've got Lilius Whitestone in there. You've got Betty Who. You've got Philip Boykin. Do they go with a, a, another name of some varying level, or do they go with somebody who's been in the production for a while? I, I'm very, very curious about this because I, I think often Orpheus is a part that is overlooked when casting and and talking about this show. Obviously, Reeve was the only one who did get a Tony nomination, and that cast felt that he was very much overlooked in that regard, too. You think maybe they go back to Damon Dono and say like, "Hey, started from square Dude, one." Um, I I have been I, <laughs> I have wanted that for so long. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but I it's really not. really wish it would. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. I hope that he's doing something else coming soon because I've heard that rumor as well. But I think that they're going with someone who has straddled both. I think that they're going to go for someone who does have the chops to have done Broadway and have that that kind of like hometown pull. And someone who has had a little bit of stage and screen time as well. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> I was going to say, that feels not like just you theorizing. Um, <laughs> no, I know exactly who's going in. <laughs> okay, great. Wonderful. Thank you. I will be asking as soon as we stop. No. Um, here's the thing, though. I think that they're very – I do want to say this. I think that they're very smart as a team that they are putting people who are so incredibly, like, just in that kind of like, not totally niche, because I think when we say the word niche, people think that it's so limited. But I I say niche to say that like Betty Who has a pocket of like music and queer culture that definitely yeah. feeds into the Hadestown fan base. And I yes. think that they will go for someone who has that type of like musical theater chop and like pull of, you know, TV and film, but also has like the vocal quality that needs to fit Hadestown. Like, I don't think that they're going to call. Exactly. Like it's, it's not, it's not a Groban show. You know what I mean? Or or a Joe, or a Joe bro show. 
Right, 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 right. So I think that they're going to be really smart about this. And I I really have enjoyed the new casting. I haven't gotten to see these people, but I heard Salea the other night and I was like, holy God, like you continue to be the most incredible person. So yeah, um, yeah I think that they're going to have to have somebody counter her. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, all right. We were running long because of the reviews. The grosses came out last week. Overall, $23,116,749. Attendance was up a, a smidge, less than 1000 Overall, the highest grossing show, unsurprisingly, was Lion King at $1,923,263. If you want to see more of the grosses, you can head over to the show notes. All right. More sh- uh, show and casting news here, Grace. A show that you have loved. You did an interview with the playwright uh, here on Broadway Radio. Job has announced another extension i believe this is going to be the final one if this i read the that final first. one yeah. yeah it is it is now going to run through october 29th i believe it was supposed to close on the 8th originally it extended to the 15th and now it is extending two more weeks so you have an opportunity to see sydney lemon and the great peter friedman in that show for at this point you know almost three full weeks three and a half full weeks so get down to the soho playhouse to check that one out if the play that goes wrong currently running at New World Stages and Peter Pan goes wrong that recently played on Broadway was not enough mischief for you. The Mischief Theater Company is bringing a new show to New World Stages called Mind Mangler colon, A Night of Tragic Illusion. This is a character that originally appeared in Magic Goes Wrong by Penn Jillette, Henry Lewis, Jonathan Sayer, Henry Shields, and teller of of Penn and Teller. Um, Henry Lewis and Jonathan Sayer will star in this show. They are original company members of Mischief. They have been in all of the shows. This one will begin performances on November 10th for a 16-week limited engagement through March 3rd. Again, running at New World Stages, so on a two-show day, you could see both Mind Mangler and The Play That Goes Wrong in the same day without going outside. Heading over across the pond, Grace, at the Riverside Studios in London, Jeremy Heron will direct a new play by award-winning playwright David Ireland. It is called Ulster American. In the show will be Emmy Award winner and Academy Award nominee Woody Harrelson. He is returning to the London stage for the first time in almost two decades. He will be playing Oscar-winning actor Jay Conway. Also in the cast is BAFTA and Emmy Award winner and literally like the greatest motion capture performer of all time, Andy Serkis. He will star as English director Lee Carver. Louisa Harland will star as Northern Irish playwright Ruth Davenport. And just the fact that Woody Harrelson and Andy Serkis are doing a stage play at all is incredible. The fact that they are doing one together is insane to me. Those two people are like such movie stars to me, Grace, that getting them on a stage seems really, really exciting and special. Andy Circus, I would pay any amount of my doll hairs to see. I think that it's not breaking news that like he's one of the most like underrated and yet incredibly celebrated and gifted performers of our lifetime. Yeah. I think that it's really, really exciting to see him on stage. I would love for him to also maybe do that here. Um, but if mm-hmm. we can't, you know, do it with the Dairy Girls, Louisa, like I think it's awesome. So, yay. 
he played Gollum, um, both the voice and the motion capture in the Lord of the Rings movie. He played Kong in the 2005 King Kong movie. He plays Caesar in the Planet of the Apes movies. He's just uh, he's Black just Panther. It, Black Panther. Face he character. Play, yeah, yeah, face character in Black Panther. Um, most recently, he was um, played Alfred in the in the Batman movie with uh, Robert Pattinson. But. All right. The last thing that I want to talk about is a feel good recommendation, and it comes to us from London. And this is the first highlights from Stephen Sondheim's Old Friends that stars Bernadette Peters, Leia Salonga, Gavin Lee, uh, Joanna Writing, Jack Yarrow, and many, many others. It's very cool to see this. I I feel like we have to get some version of this in the States at some point, whether that's with Bernie and Leia or not. I I don't know, but... uh, We need to see this over here. So check out those highlights in the show notes. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW Matt Grace. Where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day. And we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.